Here we go. Good morning. Good morning. Today's daf is daf Samach Gimel, page sixty-three in the Hilgim Masechet Kedushin, and we pick up five lines from the top of the Yomud. Okay, the first words on the line are Rabbi Meir Ditanya. Now, yesterday at the end of the daf, Abaye told us that there are three sages that are of the opinion that it is possible to acquire something that does not yet exist in the world. I can sell you something which is futures. Something that does not yet exist, but will exist. We can already make an acquisition on it now. Who are the three sages that hold such a thing? It's Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Rebbe, who we know as the author of Mishra, Rabbi Nasi, and Rebbe Meir. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, we explained... Rebbe, we explained, right, Blasby Yaakov explained that by truma, you can already separate and designate truma that has not yet grown a third. It's not considered grown, but you could designate that as your truma on behalf of your truma, even though it's not yet there. Rebbe, we learned on the top of Samach Gimel, when it comes to selling an Eved, um, and now we're getting into the opinion of Rebbe Meir, and we're going to prove that Rebbe Meir as well holds that you can acquire something that does not yet exist, and let's get into this opinion. Rebbe Meir de Tanya. Rebbe Meir also holds you can acquire something that does not yet exist in the world. How do I know that? Because the Brisa says as follows. Somebody says to a woman, Marry me after I convert, I become Jewish. After you convert, after I become free from being an Ebekanani, after you become free from being a Shifcha Kanani, right now you're married and your husband's on his way out the door. Marry me, I'm giving you money now, and once your husband passes away, then we're going to be married. After your sister dies, again, when her sister's alive, it's not valid. Over here, it's going to be valid. After Yavam does Chalitza, I want it to be valid. I want us to be married. It's not a valid marriage because... Why is it not a valid marriage? Because right now, it don't work. You're not in a situation where it's possible to have a kosher marriage. Rev. Meir, Aymer, Mekudeshes... But if Meir says, once it happens, you're married. So if I say to a woman, please marry me, once your husband passes away and I give her money, the moment her husband passes away, I'm married to her. Okay, so what do you see from here? That Rev. Meir is of the opinion that you can make an acquisition now on something that does not yet exist. Because currently, it does not yet exist her ability to marry me. But if Rav Meir is of the opinion that if I say to a woman, marry me when your husband dies, the moment her husband dies, I'm married, that means the acquisition back then already worked. It, it has to wait for its for its uh, efficacy. It has to wait to be effective. But right now, the miser, it's okay. Okay. So there. So if you see from over here, Rav Meir's opinion as well is you can acquire something that is loyal. Rabbi Yechon says, In such a case, you're not married if you marry her for futures. Why do we say in general, The reason why it's not going to be valid is because of hate. In other words, it's it's uh, generally, now you might find exceptions, but as a, in a general uh, form, in a general form, it is going to cause animosity between husband and wife if a husband knows that his wife possibly, even possibly, accepted marriage from another man for after his death. And therefore, to get rid of any sort of Ava and uh, potential, like, sticking something between husband and wife, we don't uh, we don't allow such a thing. Why don't we count Rabbi Huda Anasi? 
to uh, to hold that you could acquire something that's davar shleibelayilam because over here Rabbi Yudanasi says mikudashas really it would it, it really is a valid marriage it would be a good acquisition we just don't allow it the sages don't allow it because it's not good for shalom bias but according to him technically it works so why don't we add him to our list instead of having a list of Rabbi Lazar Yaakov Rabbi and Rabbi Meir add a fourth sage add Rabbi Yudanasi who holds you could acquire answers the Gemara Hainu Rabbi Hainu Rabbi Yudanasi it's the same person <laughs> therefore. We just find two times where where Rebbe holds that somebody can acquire a davar shalom something that does not yet exist. Okay, but again, we're sticking with our group of three, three specific sages: Rebbe Yaakov, Rebbe, and Rebbe Meir. All hold you can acquire davar shalom Ask the Gemara of Anachshav Nami Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Akiva asks. Ask the Gemara. Rebbe Akiva also seems to hold that you can acquire something that does not yet exist. How do I know that the Tanakh has learned in a Brisa? A woman says, I forbid my work from you, to you. I forbid my work to you. Okay. In other words, anything that I do around the house, you cannot benefit from. It's not a valid vow. And the husband doesn't need to remove the vow. A wife can't do that. Rabbi Kiva Omer Yafer, he must remove the vow. Shema Tadar Fila Yasser Min because there's times where a woman a woman say you know I'm forbidding all sorts of work for you. Well, guess what? She doesn't have to work as much as she works. So maybe says Rabbi Akiva, the basic amount that the Torah obligates her to work fine. That is ineffective. But the extra amount. Seems it would seem logically it should be effective. Her vow should be effective. She could tell her husband, "You can't, you can't benefit from the extra work that I do more than my uh, previous obligation." Okay. Now, what do you see from here? You can create a vow on something that does not yet exist in the world. Answers the Gemara. The woman said that my hands themselves. Her hands are in the world, and that's why it's a valid vow. In other words, she used an expression of my hands, when I do it with my hands, says Rabbi Akiva, since her hands are here, it is considered a davar sheba la'ilam, something that exists in the world. You know, the action is, is not yet here, which is a beautiful message, a beautiful limud, something to take with us, and that is that sometimes, you're right, things need to come out to fruition and play out in action. The main thing that a person needs to make sure is that we have our yadayim in place. We have our, our at least our yadayim, our capabilities. The the work is put into the world. What's going to end up with the work? We don't really know. We don't always know what's going to end up with the work, but we have to make sure that we have our two hands involved. And we actually make this bracha every morning, and we make this bracha whenever we wash our hands over bread. Baruch Ato Hashem Alekinu Melech Haylam Hashem, you're the source of all blessing, the King of the world. Asher Kedeshani, you sanctified us with your mitzvahs, and you commanded us on the tilas yodayim, on the taking of the hands. It doesn't say with the working of the hands, it doesn't say with the washing of the hands, it means with the taking of the hands. The taking of the hands, to quote my mother, is teaching me that a yid is responsible to take their hands and be mekadashim shemayim with it, and sanctify Hashem's name with it. So you take our, our hands, our hands are the ones that have the ability to get the work done, and therefore says Rebbe Kiba, it's considered a Dabar Shabbat, something that's already in existence. <clears throat> Bottom line, taking this Gemara full circle, the Gemara had asked, why not add Rebbe Akiva to the list? He holds, you can acquire something that's not in the world. The Gemara says, no, he doesn't.
And the only reason why this vow is effective is because it's going on hands. Hands are in the world. We have no proof. We're sticking with the original statement of Abaye, Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi, and Rebeir are the three who hold you can acquire something that does not yet exist. Next mission. Somebody says to woman, You are married, uh, be married to me on condition that I speak your name to the sultan. We'll translate this. Yeah, because it's a similar word. It's not necessarily a sultan. Uh, to be shaylet is, is somebody who rules over, somebody who's in charge of, uh, uh, you know, a, a president, a governor, whatever it is. Over here we'll translate it as a sultan. That's a, it's a similar word. The Essa Imach Kipayon. Where he says, be married to me and I'll, I'll become your, uh, your house help for the day. If he speaks to her, if he speaks to the Sultan, and it's a valid marriage, marriage if he doesn't follow through on the conditions, it's not going to be a valid marriage. Okay. Amar says, Okay. You can't only be married with the work, and you can't only be married on speaking to the Sultan. You also need to give money. You give money. You marry because if you marry money, and you could also say, but here's an additional condition that'll work. But you can't just say, "I'll speak to the Sultan on your behalf," and then you do that, and it's a valid marriage. Says the Gemara. One second. Why isn't it necessary to give her money? Why isn't it enough that he's giving her value? Okay, just the fact that he's working b'schar. B'schar, marry me for the reward that I gave you a ride on a donkey. That I, uh, you know, I was your wagon driver, I was your uh, sailor, in the Mekodesh, it's not a valid marriage. It's not, marry on condition that I, I drove the ship. Not good. But if he says, marry me on condition that I will give you a ride on a donkey, I will give you a ride on my boat, Mekudashas, it's going to be a valid marriage. So you see that as long as you do it ahead of time and you make the condition, you give her something of value, <clears throat> something that somebody would pay for, you could be married. So the Gemara is asking a question on Rish Lakash, why are you saying you have to give her a pruta in addition to working for her for the day? Let her just work. Let him just work. Or if people pay to speak on the Sultan on your behalf, that itself is value. Why do I also need to give money? Maybe in that brisa as well. We're dealing with it's only a valid marriage by the wagon driver, you know, also where you gave money. It's not true. He says, you're marrying me for payment of this, not with any other money. It's not, it doesn't seem that there you, it was a condition that I give you a ride. It says, I'm marrying you with this itself. We learned in the brisa as well. Sit with me, keep me company. And I will be married to you. Now over here, the woman said this, says this to the man. You have a woman who's feeling lonely. You have a woman who's feeling vulnerable. She wants, she, she, she's nervous, whatever. There's people around bothering her. So she, she's a big guy. And she says, listen, I need help over here. Do me a favor. Sit next to me. Scare these weirdos off. And in, in payment for you sitting with me, I'll be married to you. Or she says... You know, you're a funny guy. You're a comedian. Um, you know, instead of me paying a ticket to your show, let me come and for free, and uh, and you making jokes in front of me will be the marriage. Record the fun eye. You're a good dancer. Dance in front of me. I say, 
if you don't mind making me this some sort of uh, artist, uh, you know, some sort of craft, uh, craft work. So we, we estimate, and we say, if the value that he gave her has the value of a, fin- a financial value, a Shavar Pruta, it's going to be a valid marriage. And if not, it's not a valid marriage. So over here, we have very clearly two prices that tell us you can marry a woman with services without directly giving her money. So why did Reish Lakish, the beginning of our Gemara, say you need to actually give her money? Answers the Gemara, I'm sorry, not yet. I'm never going to say he actually gave her money. That's not true because again, over here it says we estimate the value. So you see, you could you could get married with with value of services. Okay, that's our question. The Gemara answers to Yofta Lakish. You're right. Reish Lakish and Amira cannot argue on these prices, and he must be wrong. Says the Gemara. Uh 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 uh. You think you refuted Reish Lakish? You think you blew Reish Lakish out of the water from these prices? Nope. Reish Lakish has a response. Amar Lach Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish could say to you, Haitana bara sabar You should know that the author of those prices is of the opinion that when you work, the money gets paid only at the end. Okay? And therefore, here's what happens. You act as a comedian in front of a woman. You break dance in front of a woman. You sit next to the woman. When does she owe you the money? Only at the end. Since the money's only owed at the end, get ready for this, the money's coming after the services are already performed, and it will be considered like you actually gave her money. So if it's when you pay for something, and you pay $15 for a half-hour comedy show, I don't know what they cost, but let's say $15 for a half-hour comedy show, so the, the way that it's earned is uh, 50 cents a minute. And let's say 50 cents is not a shavar pruta, so there's no pruta involved. Uh, there's no pruta involved over here. And hence, anybody who works for somebody else cannot marry them with their services. Okay, so Rishlok is not going to wiggle out and say, nah, I can reinterpret the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, okay, but it is a stretch. Why would Rish Lakish want to stretch the brisa like that? If once you're stretching, why don't you just say that he paid her? Because the Mishnah itself is a problem for him. Okay? In other words, we're trying to understand why Rish Lakish is sticking to his guns that you need to give money. It seems from this brisa, instead of stretching and saying, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, it's got to be that it's got to be you gave money, otherwise, does it work? These prices seem to imply you know, you got to stretch the prices, and uh, why you got to like drive everybody crazy and reinterpret everything? I'll tell you why because Rish Lakish had an issue with our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, Why did the guy say, Marry me on condition that I do this? See, here's the problem, says Rish Lakish if a man can marry a woman. Just with services, why would a man say, Marry me on condition I perform these services? What do you mean that's not a condition? Just say, Marry me with the performance of the services. It, it's the marriage itself. It's not a condition of, of something else being effective. Our Mishnah says, Marry me on condition. If this itself is the marriage, then you, why, why using the word condition? That's, that, that's, that's strange. That's what's bothering Reish Lakish. Nisni, what should it say? Bishar. 
Marry me for my comedy. Marry me for my work. Marry me for me keeping you, uh, giving, you know, giving you companionship. Says I'm, so therefore, I'm understanding the Mishnah to mean, Whenever it says on condition, it means you're re- you really intend to get married with something else. So Rish Lakish is walking away. The Gemara is, walk- is, is fine with this, and we, like, we totally get the logic over here. With Rish, Lakish, with Rish Lakish coming through and saying, listen, I get what you're saying with the Bryce's. However, however, if you ever make a condition, condition is a side point to the main thing that's happening. So it's got to be where the case is that he actually gave her money. Okay. Next Mishnah, four lines from the bottom of A man says to a woman, marry me on condition that my father is okay with the marriage. My father. If his father is cool with it, we're cool with it. It's a valid marriage. Otherwise not. Let's say he says on condition my father is happy with it. And his father passes away. He never, he never has a chance to uh, agree to the marriage. Or have a problem with the marriage. Harizu Mukudeshus. It's considered a valid marriage. Mesabain, if the son dies, will tell the father to say, make sure it's not a, a kosher marriage. Make sure to protest the marriage. And this way, the woman doesn't have to deal with yibum and get and everything else that comes along with it. When he says, marry me on condition, my, father's, my father wants. What does that mean? That my father says, yeah. Let's look at the other part of the Mishnah. It says, May Sa'av the father dies and raises him then it's a valid marriage. Which seems to imply, Baha'u'llah Yomarin. Yeah, he, he never said yes. He just died. So, what is saying, what, what does Ratzon mean? Does Ratzon mean, this is a very deep question. Does Ratzon mean I have to say yes? Or does Ratzon mean that I'm okay with it? I deal with this multiple times every day. Multiple times. Right, either with me to somebody else, or other people to me. You see somebody doing something. Is a time and place to say to say something, not say something? Does it mean that I'm saying yes to it? No. You can say do what you want, or don't do what you want. I'm. I'm uh, it's a free world, right? It's a free world. I'm not going to say anything. So what does Rutzen mean? Ella, rather, what does Rutzen mean? Top of Amud Beis, Amanas Shayishlei my father is not going to say anything against it. Let's look at the last case of the Mishnah, which says, If the son dies, then the father has to explicitly say, I don't want. Am I? Why does he have to explicitly say, I don't want? All he needs to do is be quiet. Great question. Rather, the case is where the man says to her, What does it mean that my father wants? You know what wanting means? Get ready for this? He doesn't protest. When he hears about our marriage, he doesn't go berserk. When a parent, and you can hear this, when a parent hears that their kid's getting married, yeah, sometimes <laughs> the best you can ask from a parent is to just don't say anything. Yeah, just don't say. Uh, whether the parent's happy with it and I have it, sometimes just just uh, to let it go. But that's what Ratzon means. That means the first part of the mission dealing with one one uh, reason, and this, and the second and third parts are dealing with uh, are dealing with different reasons. Because according to the first part of the Mishnah, um, according to the first part of the Mishnah, when it says the father agrees, it means that he's quiet. And according to the second two parts, 
It's it's um, he has to say uh, I don't want it. I'm Rabbi Yanai in the Taka had understand the Mishnah. I'm Rishlok Hashemami No Led Rabbi Yanai Tachkin on Makvina Masisim Betray Taima. We're going to understand the Mishnah dealing with two different scenarios. Valiba Dechad Tana with one Tana doing that. Valay Makvina Betray Tano Yibachad Taima. We prefer to give one reason and to give many reasons and many different cases, but still have an author, a single author of a Mishnah. Than to have than to have multiple authors and a single case, which is a very powerful idea that Rish Lakish is walking away with, and that is if you have a Mishnah which seems to be a contradiction and you have to reinterpret it and start to explain it, the number one place to go to make sense of the Mishnah is that there's multiple authors. Okay, I'm sorry. There's a single author. We prefer it to be one author dealing with multiple cases than to explain the Mishnah to be multiple authors all dealing with a single case. Rabbi Yosef Bar-Ami Omar, Rabbi Yosef Bar-Ami says, La'ilam chad ta'ima hu. Really, we're dealing with one case. Umay al-menash yirz abba, what does me on condition my father wants? Shal al-menash le'emcha abba mekan ba'ashle'ishim On condition my father doesn't protest over the course of the next 30 days. Since there's a time frame given um, and uh, and there's no protest during that uh, during that time frame, so then obviously the marriage is going to be valid. Next mission. Kiddash Te'ezbiti, a man says to a, a father, says to a man, you're married to my daughter. But, I don't know. Afterwards, the father says, I'm not sure who I married her off to. I don't, I don't remember. Okay? And we know a father has the right to marry his daughter off. So let's say a father, Stam, he married, he, he met some guy at a, at a, at a you know, a, a shul dinner. And he seemed like a very nice guy. The father wants to marry his katana daughter off to him. And he forgets the guy's name. He forgets the guy's name. Somebody says, I'm the husband. Nema, we believe the guy to say he's the husband. He knows for sure. The father's in doubt. We trust him to say it's him. If one says, I married her, but the two men are arguing. Each one saying, they're the husband. They both need to give her a get. If they want, one could, you could just have one give the get, another one marry her, because this way, for sure, either she was originally this guy's wife, or she could stay with him anyway, because even if he, was, even if he wasn't her husband... Now we'll become her husband. When somebody comes to say, I'm the husband, we're not going to let him marry her. We believe him, and we're going to say, oh, you're the husband? Okay, now give her a get, and we'll let her remarry somebody else. But we're not going to believe you to say that you're the husband and she can stay with you. The person's not going to sin if there's no gain for him. We can't let him marry. We'll say, oh, he likes her. And he has Yitzhahara, so he's, he's, he's making shtick. So we, we, don't, we, don't, we will create a scenario where he can't mach shtick to his own benefit. But, he can, but in case he's lying, people won't, won't lie to benefit the girl. They'll lie only to benefit themselves. No, if the, husband's, if the father's unsure and the husband comes along and he says, I'm vada, I'm sure, we'll trust him. He could even, he could even marry her. Ravasi. Ravasi will agree by Maris Niskadashti when she says, I, I, I marry Venya Dasta Mikadashti, and I don't know who, and somebody said, I'm the one who married her, over there, you're not believed to be married. Says, What do you mean? Tanam, we don't do the Mishnah. 
Ratsu if they want Echanais and Gav Echad Kainis. This is an upslug on Rav. Yeah, according to Rav, nobody should be allowed to marry her. Yeah, no, nobody should be allowed to marry her according to Rav. Um, because, because he should only be believed to give a get. You're not believed to bring her in. Because you might be, uh, you might be pulling shtick. There is different to since there are two men coming and saying they are the husbands. So Ertuse Mirtas, the we're, we have less suspicion of him lying because if two men are saying they're the husbands, there's a greater chance the father's gonna remember which one is truly uh, is truly the husband, and therefore he's just setting himself up to be a known liar, which we assume that uh, most people don't do. Tanik Ravasi the Ravasi, we have a Brisa supporting Ravasi. Okay. Now again, what's the Machlekes over here? Um, our Mishnah says, let's just get a, a, a general view of what's going on. When our Mishnah says, um, a father marries a katana off to a man, he doesn't remember who. A man shows up and says, I'm the husband, we trust him. That's what the Mishnah says. The dispute here is, to what extent? Do we trust him and we say, you have to divorce her now, but you can't marry We don't trust you so much to, that you're married to her. But if you're going to claim that, divorce her, give her a get. Or do we mamas trust him to marry her? Okay? Rav says, we only trust him, and he's got to give her a get. Ravasi says he can even marry her. Okay? So we're trying to prove who's correct here. Says the Gemara, Tani Kabasi to Ravasi, you have a Brisa supporting Ravasi who says that this man can marry her. Kidashi is biti. If somebody says to a, if a father says to a man, marry my daughter, or I married off my daughter, I don't remember who. This guy can marry her. Now he marries her. And after the marriage, a second guy comes along and says, You're not the guy, I'm the guy. Three weeks later, not at the same time. There's no two guys originally arguing. One guy comes in, I'm the guy. Three weeks later, a second guy comes and says, No, you're not. I'm the husband. We say to the second guy, Get out of here. Yeah? Arois. Fund the base marriage. Get out of the base marriage. We don't need you here. We don't believe you. Okay? She can stay married to fellow number one. Ha'isha Shamra. If a woman says, Nikdashti, I know I accepted marriage. And I don't remember from who. I'm your husband. We don't trust him to marry her. Because um, over here, she also has knowledge of the scenario more than in the other case. Okay, In other words, in the first case, when the father accepted the marriage of the girl, the girl has no clue. The girl has no clue. The father has a clue, and people would be scared of the father. In our case over here, where the woman, it's the woman who accepted the marriage. So, this guy is never going to have to mess with the father. He's not. He's not going to have to mess with with the man, and therefore, there is more reason to not trust him. There's more reason to not trust him. She'll be okay. He's a nice guy. Fine. I'll, uh, he, I, I want to be married to him. I do know for sure as a woman, this is the man you accepted marriage from. No, you don't know that. But since you want to be married, and he seems to be a fine guy, 
So you, you're going to cover it up. That's what it literally means. You're covered up for him. Uh, he's, it might be somebody else. So therefore, th- therefore, we don't trust the guy to say he's married. To her. He's the one who married you. Probably that's a question searching for information. Mahu, Mahu liskol al yadai. A father says, I marry my daughter off. She's fully married. Guess what happens? This woman goes, and this woman goes, and has relations with somebody else. Is she, uh, is she chay of Misa? she chay of Misa? Do we rely on this guy saying, I'm the husband? We'll let them stay together, or are we going to give her capital punishment? Rav Omar ain't cycling. Rav says, no. Rav Asi Omar cycling. Yes. She will get skila. What's the machlekes? Rav Omar cycling. Rav says, we'll get skila. Kihimni rachman la'av li'isure. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the rights to the father to marry her off to a specific man. L'kot l'lo'yimni. But not as far as getting her killed. Rav Asi Omar cycling. She's a full-fledged married woman just like anybody else, and if you're married, you're married. And you take on all the laws of marriage. Amar Abasi, Umaydina, I'll agree that there's no stoning by Imeris when she says, Neskadashi, I got married, She'in, she's the one who says, I got, she says, I'm married. There's no witnesses that she's married. She says, I'm married. And then she goes and has relations with, the, with another guy. Then in cycling, we're not going... To, uh, we're not going to give her skila. Uh, why not? She said she's married. Why shouldn't we trust her? Vyama Rabasi. Rabasi explains. Hani Shmaitza Didi, there are other uh, teachings, other statements of me, Merafson Igri, that are difficult. Hashta Umamakam Shimbal Lichnais Kainis. If a man comes and says, I married her, they're married fully, and Amar Cyclin, I said you're going to be having a like in the original case. Now, if the man comes to uh, to tell us he cannot marry her, how much more so should she be of Skila? In other words, if the woman herself is saying she's married, what's the logic to not give her Skila? He says, I'll explain. I'll tell you why I'm saying what I'm saying. The Torah gives the rights, full marriage rights to a father to marry off his daughter. Okay? It says this explicitly in the Psukim in the Torah. The father has full oversight over the marriage. He's believed who she's married to, the follow-through of the marriage, that it was done, everything. Therefore, in such a case, there's going to be a chiyav skila. We don't find a specific verse in the Torah telling us that the woman herself is believed to claim that she is married, and hence she's not going to be stoned based off of her own personal uh, her own personal testimony. Whether a father accepted marriage for his daughter, or whether a woman herself is telling us she's married, either case is not going to be a chi of skila if she commits adultery. Father of Chista, Chamer of Chista is consistent with his own reasoning. The Yomar of Chista, of Chista says, "Beni ben Zeben Teishashan v'yamechad, my nine-year-old son, Pitizu b'asgemoshan v'yamechad, or my three-year-old girl, Neman lekarvan, he's trusted." He's trusted as far as a chi of 
carbon is concerned. Okay. Now, what does it mean as far as the chiyuv of carbon is concerned? So, there's there's a rule in halacha as follows. It is impossible to have relations with a man younger than nine years old in a day. If you have a boy who's in his eighth year, and there's somebody, and he has what seems to be intercourse, it doesn't have a halachic definition of intercourse. And the same thing holds true with a girl under age three. Okay? So, a father says, I have a son who's nine years old. So he's testifying that the kid is old enough, that the kid's old enough that should be called intercourse. Or his daughter's old enough, three. Nem on the carbon, so then there's going to be a chi of carbon. Avalay lamakas lelanshim. There's not going to be a chi of malkas, and there's not going to be a chi of anshim. Now, we ourselves are relying on the father to tell us the age. Without the father, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't know how old the child is. Tanik Abbasid Rav Chizda. And we have a price of supporting Rav Chizda. Benizeb ben Yud Gimel Shonav Yemechad. Bitizu Basi Gimel Shonav Yemechad. He says, my son's an adult. My daughter is an adult. Neman and Adar Macharam. He's believed as far as their vows being effective, and as far as uh, what they make hektish, we have to assume it's hektish because he's saying their age, and if they make an erech vow, which is I'm vowing my value or uh, somebody else's value to the base HaMikdash, we don't trust him, we don't believe him as far as Malkus and Einshem are concerned. Okay, we're going to hold it here for today, Beshem, tomorrow we will pick up uh, with Daf Samach Dalid. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody. Have a wonderful day and a fantastic week.